please explain the rise and fall and rise again of Pauline Hanson. Anna Bronofsky, author, has uh, decided to write a book on uh, Pauline Hanson and has followed it around quite a bit. Good morning, Anna. G'day. How long ago did you actually get a little bit of an interest in Pauline Hanson? Look, it was way back in the dark year of 2009 when Hanson was basically seen as a serial candidate going nowhere. I think she'd lost her seventh or eighth election. And at the time, I was more interested in her unbelievable but true political story, lover or hater, you know, her rags to riches journey from the fish shop to the most powerful independent politician in the 90s to jail when she threatened the major parties and then back out to kind of TV celebrity on Dancing with the Stars. I know. Yeah. You know, one of the weirdest journeys in politics, and even though I'm a self-confessed uh, Greens voting lefty who is pro-refugees and pro-reconciliation, as a filmmaker, I was completely drawn to her story and as an author. So I approached her about doing a feature film on, on her legacy back then. Um, that, that fell over because the script was too expensive, but I couldn't let go, so I finally pitched it as a documentary to SBS. And they said yes, and lo and behold, halfway through the shoot, I found myself given an accidental front row seat to the campaign that delivered her back to the Federal Senate after 18 years. It's just an amazing story, isn't it, really? Yeah. How did you find her? As long as Hanson's not talking race or immigration, she's really pleasant, she's really charismatic, she was a very generous hope, she's even got the host, she's even got this lovely kind of self-deprecating, wry sense of humour, which yeah. really surprised me. And we had, even though I've been up front with her, I told her I didn't agree with most of her policies, and she values honesty in others because she sees herself as an honest person. And so we kind of went from there. She told me her life story, and we had this really honest, robust, you know, slightly fractious relationship for about a year as I followed her around filming her and we'd sort of get into long debates about feminism and she was cross with me when I said she was one. It was kind of, you know, and then she'd pull me down for being tertiary educated, ivory tower, you know, bleeding heart lefty. And and, and we had a kind of, on a, on a human human level, a woman-to-woman level, at the time, we had a pretty good, a pretty good sort of productive, if if a little bit, you know, combative relationship. But on politics, didn't see eye to eye at all. But it wasn't my job to to challenge Hanson on that so much. It was my job to put all the views up there, both for and against what she represents. What did you think of the burqa trick? Oh, look, for God's sake. I mean, she has been... She she and James Ashby, and before James Ashby, a woman called Soraya Burick, um, constructed a very clever social media campaign that really did help Hanson get back into the Senate. Um, the Pauline Hanson's Please Explain Facebook page, check it out. They regularly put uh, post little kind of hoax uh, trick uh, videos or fun things or pranks that go viral. And the burqa stunt was one in a long line and no doubt her life soared and spiked. I have been to the Middle East. I have several Muslim Australian friends who are women and again and again they tell me that it is their choice whether they wear the burqa or the hijab or nothing and their voice is missing in this debate and it's kind of disingenuous for Hanson to talk about standing up for oppressed Muslim women when at the same time she is gutting funding to women who've survived survived domestic abuse in Australia. I don't think she's any she's on the side of women here. I think it was more just a political stunt. Yeah, I think it was too. Please explain the rise, fall and rise again of Pauline Hanson. Anna, good book. Thank you very much for the chat. Oh, thanks for having me and I really appreciate that. Yes, and a very good morning, Nick Bruning. How are you, mate? I'm well. Springs in the air, mate. <laughs>
Yes, I know. It's certainly sprung. <laughs> Superannuation um, statements. I actually got one from mine the other day. What's that all about? Uh, yeah, well, that's what most people are say. What the hell is this thing? Because they it's sort of doesn't usually come as a single sheet of paper anymore. It usually comes with a book. I know. Which you're supposed to read, and that's that's part of the problem. Is that there's this sort of balance between full and complete disclosure as far as uh, us reading our super, super statements goes and just making them comprehensible, which is, uh, seems to have been lost at all. But look, I thought we'd talk about a few of the things that you really should check whenever you get your statement, um, because it's amazing how things slip through the net and when you actually need the money, you discover that you should have sorted these things out earlier on. The first one is to make sure that your name is exactly as any ID that you've got that you might show up. So. Things like where people have had uh, perhaps a change in relationship, the surname changes, something like that. Uh, if you don't get that stuff into them when it happens, often you're talking about a, a delay of up to six weeks in getting your money out. And if you've got like a house about to settle or uh, you know about to head off on holidays in the accounting and that's 10 or 20 grand in retirement, you could be very disappointed, Mr Blackley, very disappointed. Oh, I see, I see, I see. How old are you again before you can get your super out? Uh, well, at the moment, you're permanently retired from the workforce with no intention of returning to work. How's that for definition? 57. <laughs> um, once you get to 60, you can just basically change jobs. And once you get to 65, it's all yours. Rightio. So, well, you, you able to get it yet or not? <laughs> oh, shut up. How rude are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, now, the next thing to check is, um, and really importantly, is the death nomination. Right. This is uh, the person who's going to receive, or persons, I should say, who are going to receive the benefit in the event that something dreadful happens to you. Now, what most people don't realise is it's not just the superannuation benefit, it's also the life insurance that gets added to it. So you often see, you know, very small funds of a few hundred bucks suddenly worth tens of thousands of dollars. Rightio. Okay. All right, then. All right. And uh, probably, last but by no means least, make sure that the boss has paid him what they're supposed to. Oh, yes. I know. (laughs) I know. That could be a bit dodgy, couldn't it? Can be. In fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the tax office was uh, ranting and raving about uh, employers not paying the correct amount. So what you're you're entitled to receive is 9.5% of your pre-tax incomes, and that's per calendar month, $450 or more, they have to pay it. doesn't matter if you're part-time, casual or full-time, 450 bucks or more in a calendar month pre-tax, 9.5% must be going into your super. So just make sure at least that's going in, and if you've had any of your own voluntary arrangements, make sure those payments are there as well. Right, yeah. You know, you know what I love about you? You're a, you're the, you're a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, mate, we'll catch you next week. Look forward to it. With your Weekend Sports Roundup, it's Out of Bounds on the Southwest's Triple M. Yes. Aaron Evans, the boss of sports in this show. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate, what's happened? Mate, might have been a week off in the AFL, but there was still plenty of footy action over the weekend. Firstly, Saturday night, the Harvey Bulls got the job done against Augusta Marga River, who now find themselves eliminated after week one of the Southwest footy finals. Good, tough, hard game. Both sides level at three-quarter time, but it was the Bulls who finished up on top by 11 points. They now play Collie this weekend. Collie, of course, going down yesterday to Harvey Brunswick, Leschenault in our Triple M broadcast game. We were there with Leachy. Wonderful afternoon of footy. Pretty impressive performance by HBL when their good players got going in the second half. 
They looked sharp. Dylan Heisman kicked five, looked dangerous everywhere he went. Thornton provided a focal point for the Lions in the second half. And they got great service off half-back from Ryan McKinley. Some massive intercept marking from him and Zach Piper at half-back as well. So they were great. Look forward to a massive clash between HBL and Bunbury this weekend at Payne Park. Of course, we'll be covering that game here on Triple M. Some Triple M stations this weekend also receiving our coverage of the Lower Southwest Footy League Grand Final this weekend between Southerners and Imperials, who only just made it through after beating Bridgetown by one point. Big result, that one. So we look forward to both of those games of footy on Triple M this weekend. Mate, we'll uh, whip around other sport. The Perth Wildcats got their pre-season underway in the southwest over the weekend. The 36ers got up in Eaton 99-91, whilst the Wildcats evened up the ledger yesterday in Margaret River, 81-73. In Formula 1 overnight, Lewis Hamilton won the Italian Grand Prix, virtually unchallenged from pole position and moved ahead of Sebastian Vettel to take the lead in the driver's standings. Ricardo started 16th. Finished fourth. No shoes this week. No, impressive driving numbers. And uh, speaking of great efforts, yeah. mate, congratulations on you, you calling uh, Triple M's, helping to call Triple M games this weekend. I didn't hear any, so I hope you didn't embarrass yourself. Uh, but, uh, well, mate, uh, I can tell you I <laughs> certainly did. And uh, we've graduated from mate, get, getting it, the coffees for you to getting the waters I for leaching. So. I know, but it's the first time you've done it. And <laughs> Moving I, up in my building. You are going to be very good at this. I'm damn sure that. Uh, this is going to turn into a mutual admiration society. Yeah, we better yeah, just yeah. finish the segment in. Right-o. In cricket, a big coup for the Perth Scorchers women team landing one of the biggest fish in the WBBL, signing Australian captain Meg Lanning on a multi-year deal and very quickly back on AFL this is a fresh one. Some scuttlebutt around this morning that Hawthorne's Luke Hodge is seriously considering doing a retirement backflip and playing for the Gold Coast Suns in 2018. Watch this based on that story later today. Is that right? Going around. That's very interesting we'll find indeed, out more. isn't it? Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. That's Pleasure. Out of Bounds. We'll do it again next week for you. <laughs> Eight questions and 60 seconds to get them all right. Triple M's 838. PRE and Co, your local dining experience. PREandco.com.au. Yeah, Shane from Eaton, congratulations on getting through, mate. Thanks, Vegas. No worries, buddy. Now, listen, if you get these correct, $250 is all yours to spend at PRE and Co, okay? But I will tell you, radio, if you get one wrong, it's done. If you're not sure, you can pass. If we've got time, we'll try and get back to it. But you've got to nail these eight within 60 seconds, all right? You ready? Sure, Here we go, buddy. Question number one. At what restaurant will you find a Big Mac? Uh, McDonald's. Question two. WA's Daniel Ricciardo drives for which F1 team? Red Bull. Question three. Name the capital of Tasmania. Hobart. Number four. Which British pop star just announced he'll be touring WA in March 2018? Robbie... Mm. Yes, uh, Robbie. Okay, pass. Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. Okay, question five. How many cards are there on a standard deck of playing cards? 52. Question number six. Two Southwest venues hosted the Perth Wildcats over the weekend. Name one of them. I'm uh, Eaton. Uh, Eaton what? Eaton Rex <laughs> Question seven. What country is the River Thames in? England. Question eight. The last one. Where? What year did the Second World War end? 1945. Oh, mate, hey, congratulations. Thank well you. done. Hey, you got $250 to spend at Piari & Co. Well done, mate. Well done. That's fantastic. Good on you. Thanks, Douglas. We'll give you a buzz later on, let you know how we can make that happen, all right? Will do. Thank See you, you, mate. Bye-bye. Wow, that's fantastic. See? Told you it was good. Told you they were gettable. Oh, they're, they're absolutely gettable. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done, Shane. Good and we'll play that again tomorrow morning after 8.30 right here on the Southwest Triple M.